In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash Vienna and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash Vienna, V-I-E-N-N-A. Thanks for your help. I'm always constantly thinking about what I thought this age would bring and wanting to have more stability, being able to provide that, especially considering like starting a family. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of feel at a point also with my boyfriend where I feel like we're like in two different planes in that area and we have this desire and dream to go there and to build together, but it mm -hmm. feels very hard task to do together thinking about the specifics and so I feel like a part of me is almost adapting to that as well to that questioning and confusion mm. as well like I'm adapting to the speed at which he wants to plan or not necessarily the speed but the slowness <laughs> <laughs> the absence of speed. yes yeah. yes okay. <laughs> I'm Vienna Farron, a licensed marriage and family therapist. This is a show where I speak with anonymous guests every week about challenges they're facing. I'm the author of the national best-selling book, The Origins of You, which explores how to break family patterns so that you can liberate the way you live and love. I hope what you hear today helps you as you go through your own journey. Our guests are anonymous. Names and other personally identifiable details within their stories may be changed or excluded. Conversations with participants are limited consultations. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. It is for informational purposes only. Today I'm speaking with Carol. That's her alias. She's in a relationship that feels deeper than anything she's experienced before, and yet she feels emotionally misunderstood. When there's conflict, she doesn't know how to navigate it and feels frustrated with herself for closing down and disconnecting. Growing up, Carol didn't have healthy examples of dealing with conflict. She felt distant from her mother, who struggled with addiction and wasn't present in her life from six years old on. And she was raised by her father, who would give her the silent treatment in conflict. When Carol would ask questions about her mother and her parents' relationship in history, he wouldn't provide answers or clarity, leaving her feeling internally lost and confused. She constantly asks herself why knowing matters and why feeling matters, but ultimately does know that that's her path to change. I'd definitely say my romantic relationship is probably the longest I've been with someone since college. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, I'm a little bit more avoidant, even though I feel like we have, like, been the most emotionally vulnerable with one another. And I would say that the depth of our relationship and the intimacy is, like, unparalleled to anything mm -hmm. I've experienced. But I think it triggers a lot of fear in me, too. Yeah. What's the fear? I feel like... 
it's like more of a sensation in my body and it's yeah. hard to like put a voice to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely notice it like maybe like after a series of conflict. I think we're both the type of uh, conflict resolution people that want to like get through it no matter what mm-hmm. by all like any means necessary. Mm-hmm. And it could be really draining for me. Yeah. I feel like in comparison to me, I can like shut down and detach mm-hmm. and like protect myself. But for him, he's just like so loving. And then it becomes like this like shame thing for me where it's like, mm-hmm. uh, like it's hard for me to match. Mm-hmm. The the lovingness. Yeah. Yeah. A little emotional right now. What's coming up for you? What do you notice? I feel like it definitely does go back to childhood. Like, um, feel like the adults in my life, their response to conflict was mm-hmm. removing themselves too. Mm-hmm. A lot of like silent treatment, like mm-hmm. very punitive and um, manipulative. Yeah. And I do acknowledge that part of my life, but it feels like it's such a presence mm-hmm. in my life now. You feel like you have a fear that that will happen again in this relationship? Or do you feel like you're engaging in that behavior and that's part of what feels shameful for you? Do you feel like you withdraw? Because I know you were talking a little bit about the avoidance and, and and he's the one who's able to bring you know love forward. But for you, maybe that's a little further away. So curious what... What, yeah, what scares you about that based on what you experienced growing up? I think it's just me kind of becoming that. Yeah. I'm going to be like the adults in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm like the adults in my life, what that will do to this relationship is? Oh, I feel like it'd completely obliterate it. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. Has he given you that feedback? Not necessarily, but I feel like... It's funny because he described us as like an orbit and that mm-hmm. we like orbit around each other. Yeah. I mean, he. De- I definitely felt like crap after that. I was like, oh, no. He's like, what do we have to do to kind mm-hmm. of like be in the same mm-hmm. um, place? And he's like, but the good thing is, is I'll either orbit after you, you'll orbit after me and we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like we definitely at least are orbiting around each other. Mm-hmm. But hearing that, it's like, ah, like mm-hmm. he's very... Um, Emotionally attuned to me. Yeah. And at the same time, I feel so emotionally misunderstood. It's just... By him. In some in some events, yeah. yeah. Like, especially during conflict. Yeah. What doesn't he get? Because I, I can hear how emotionally attuned he is and obviously, you know, it, beautiful how much he wants to, you know, navigate through this with you. So we'll hold that and, um, you know, honor the fact that that's something he cares deeply about and he's bringing that forward. But... Yeah, he's he's missing some stuff. Yeah. Right? I think com- in comparison to me too, he's a huge people pleaser. Okay. Um and it's something about him that um I feel like I don't know if he wants me to reciprocate that in a way that he'll feel seen mm-hmm. in that sense. I feel like I have more of a selfish kick to me. Okay. <laughs> like I need to protect. So uh-huh. What I feel like he doesn't understand is kind of when I need that space or when I push away and like how to deal with that on his own. Mm. But I also in conflict don't really understand like how to be comforting when I'm like receding into myself. Too. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about 
it growing up, because I know you mentioned that already, that you grew up in a system where when there was conflict, there was punishment, there was the silent treatment, right? It was a withholding yeah. of emotion and connection and care and love and presence, right? And all of those things. And I want to understand a little bit more about that Um it was, I know you were more around your dad and siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, Mom was in the picture at all, or? She was, like, up until six and then returned when I was 18. Okay. And where did she go during that time? I had no idea until 18. Um, she just was, she she was an addict, mm-hmm. so she was living her life that yeah. way. yeah. Yeah. And was that something that you understood at all during that time? I know you said, like, it's not, maybe no one even told you, or, or I don't know if anybody else really knew where she was, but it wasn't until 18 that you actually had some reference point for where mom had gone? Like, location-wise, yes. Okay. Um, but I, I knew that she was an addict. Yeah. I think that the depth of my knowledge increased as I got older. Mm-hmm. But my family was very honest about that, and it was a yeah. big presence in my life growing up, for sure. Yeah, okay. So so I imagine most of the conflict then in the family, dad and siblings. Uh, was there anybody else in the home with you? Well, starting out after my separation with my mom, it was my grandma and okay. siblings. And then her mom or your dad's mom? My dad's mom. Okay, okay. So and would she engage in the withholding and the silent treatment too, or was that mostly your dad? She was just very old school Dominican. Yeah. It was like crash course into Spanish. Uh-huh. It was a different world. Um, I wouldn't say that she was a withholder, mm-hmm. but she was more, you know, very like iron fist ruling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> especially with the gender like norms back then of uh-huh. like what a girl could or couldn't do. Okay. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that, because I think I imagine that you didn't feel super understood mm-hmm. then either. Is that, does that? Oh, land? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because I, I think that that link where you're like, he, present day partner, like doesn't see all of me. Mm-hmm. I, my assumption is that you've never really felt fully seen. Mm. throughout your lifetime, yeah? Yeah, I could say so. Okay. What are the most important things that they missed about you? Because I can sit here and I can imagine, you know, here's this little girl, six years old. Mom is gone and, okay, it's on the table. We know she's struggling with addiction. Mm. But here's a little girl without her mama and life is changing and confusing and complicated and all the things. Mm. And are we tending to that? Are we talking about that? Are we processing this? Are, are we seeing her in the way that she needs to be seen? Are we seeing the other siblings in the way that they need to be seen? I don't know what you'd say about what their experiences were, but I'm curious, what what did we miss about you? What didn't people see about you that needed to be seen when you were growing up? Um, That's a big question. Yeah. (laughs) She said, how much time do we have? (laughs) I mean, with my grandma, I feel like she didn't really, um, she was so set in her ways. She didn't really understand, like, how to take care of, because she was in her 70s. Mm -hmm. Um, That was, like, our temporary home. So I feel like 
she just didn't understand me because she was applying like mm-hmm. how she lived and how she was raised. I feel like my dad, he understood, but I probably saw him like break down once about it, just mm-hmm. like his fear of like being a single parent with one girl and all these guys. Yeah. And I remember just having like a freak out moment of like feeling like, oh, do I comfort you? But this Mm -hmm. is weird because I've never seen a man like get emotional. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my family, like his family understood. um, They all kind of stepped in in ways and showed Mm -hmm. up where and when he couldn't. So there was a lot of empathy through actions. In terms of like conversations about like ongoing emotions, I feel like my dad wasn't really present for that. Yeah. The emotion that's there right now, I wonder if you are thinking about something specific, like what you really needed him to be able to connect to emotionally within you. Um, I think what I needed him to connect to was just um, understanding, like, my need to kind of have clarity around the situation a bit yeah. more. I remember in high school, I was very, like, insistent and like, oh, she could be dead. Like, we should definitely mm-hmm. try to, like look for her attempt but he was very clear about like when you're Mm -hmm. 18 you know I don't want you to like wreck your life trying to find her so I just felt like he kind of it was just left at that I don't think he fully understood like how I dealt with it he's very close like if I ask Mm -hmm. him questions too about like how they met or like what was it that like made him fall in love with her like Mm -hmm. he chalks it up to a long time ago yeah Yeah. What was the clarity you think you were seeking around your mom? I think I could say at least presently, it's really like wanting to know like her life story. I feel like I've Mm. always been like, what's up with my mom's side? Because I was primarily raised by my dad and like my mom's side, there's just like a lot of disconnect. Mm -hmm. Um, I've only known like three members of her side and... This day, I, like, talk to none of them, yeah. so. Yeah. You have any relationship with your mom right now? She's still living? Uh, she's around, yeah. but it's gotten progressively awkward. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I think my attempt of just thinking about mortality and, like, mm-hmm. what's my role, mm-hmm. like, when she dies. Um, part of me feels like that I need to owe her something. I guess because the whole idea of, like, oh, this is your parent. Yeah. And then there's a big part of me that just mm-hmm. wants nothing to do with it. Yeah. There's a lot of confusion there, I think, right? It's like, I, I don't want to have anything to do with it. But, and you tell me if this is right, like this part of you that wants to know her because you're part of her, right? She holds a huge history, of course, her own life and where she came from and what life's course was for her. And is she still using now that you know of? She's not. She did regress like for a moment. Yeah. And that's kind of what set me even further back sure. from wanting to connect. Yeah, that makes sense, right? It's like to to want to protect yourself. Um, and I can hear the curiosity, right? There is a person who wants to understand who their mother is mm. and what her life story is. And even the hard parts, right? Like what brought you to this place? What's your struggle with addiction been like? I, I want to understand this mm. right? because it's a, it's a part of you. It's a huge part of your story too. Yeah. And I think that unknown factor, 
right? Is It sounds like it's really hard for you. It's hard to place it. It's hard to know what to do with it. There's a lack of information for you. Yeah. And like you were saying, even when you ask your dad some questions, like, why did you choose her? Like, how did you fall in love with each other? You know, what, what, tell me the story. And yeah. there's not availability there for that. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of a blank page for you. And a blank page is hard to know what to do with. Absolutely. It's like, I want to hold empathy for her. Like, I kind of just want to, like, release that part of my story. But it feels just very difficult to find a way to kind of empathize with her life story. Just, like, understand the disconnect with that part of myself and my family's history. In not knowing, do you feel like it's something that makes it hard for you to know a part of yourself, too? Maybe like a small part for sure. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say entirely, but yeah, I feel like that's been a big part of my life. In high school, I was like, imagine I create this show where like you find a lost family member uh-huh. and then you have this healing conversation. I kind yeah. of um, idealized that a lot. Yeah. What do you imagine the healing conversation with her to be? Have you played it out before? Yes and no. Maybe not the conversation, but prior to us reconnecting at 18, I definitely thought that should be like my dad, but better. Because I felt like I was missing that maternal energy, that feminine energy growing up, even though I had aunts step in. But it just felt like I was missing that like wise sage Mm -hmm. of a mother. So when I did reconnect with her, it felt very disappointing because... Mm -hmm. And it still feels like I'm the parent when I do interact with her. Yeah. Yeah, you're not getting the wisdom. You're not getting what you hoped you might get out of that that role, that person, yeah. I want to kind of jump to your partner now. And I'm curious about what it is that you wish he would see in you that maybe he is missing. I just feel like me and him have very different ways of like emotionally relating. Mm -hmm. I don't think he fully understands how I get emotionally after conflict and how I can sometimes remain for a while, like just this stuck energy. Tell me about it. What's it like for you? Because it it seems like a lot of this is around conflict and post-conflict and the emotion that sort of surfaces and rises for you there and then how you guys reconnect after that. So tell me a little bit about how you experience what what happens in your body and what he doesn't understand about your experience. It's definitely fear. I tend to feel like stomach. I think that he personalizes it which just ends up making me feel bad about myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that piece is what I feel like he doesn't understand because he wants to just fix it. I feel like there's a fear too around it, like how I am emotionally for both of us. I guess what I would want him to understand is that we just have very different upbringings and how that influences our present dynamic. Mm -hmm. Do you know what it is? Meaning, like, we have different upbringings. That changes the way that the two of us relate in these moments. And do you understand what those differences are? He grew up with a two-parent household. He's an only child. His parents did recently separate. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is a little bit of an impact on how he tries to resolve conflict. 
whereas that's all I've ever known. So it's kind of like him breaking up with this idea of this really long-lasting, healthy love Mm -hmm. from his child's eyes, and it's my pessimism. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The opposite spectrum, and kind of just like understanding like how that influences him Mm -hmm. and then how I'm influenced because of it. But what is it exactly, right? Like, what's the belief that you actually hold? That we get into conflict and then what? It feels just like a a ticking clock. (laughs) A ticking clock until? Until, like, me or him just get tired of going through the same cyclical thing without any true clarity around, like, how we can stop it. Like, I think that we know Mm. we could pause and we know we can approach it in different ways. But I don't think while it's happening, we're able to really stick to that. Hmm. Yeah, there's a like, okay, the ticking time bomb, it's going to go off at some point. If we keep doing it this way, our relationship is going to end. Yeah. Yeah. And unless we have clarity, this will not change. Yes. Okay. So clarity is a big theme for you. There's another aspect to it. I feel like another layer where I vividly recall as a kid watching like Disney Mm -hmm. and already forming like this pessimistic mindset of just like this can't be my life Uh so I was a pessimist from like the start pretty Mm -hmm. much and so there's this layer too of like at least for me of comparison that kicks in where Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm incapable of being able to offer solutions or being able to grow like out of myself in a way to be Mm -hmm. able to meet him or for him to be able to meet me, for us to grow out of ourselves to do that. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. What do you think that that belief serves? What's it protecting you from? We can't do this. Here's what we need to do, but we can't do it. I'm mm-hmm. incapable of it. Maybe we'll stick with you more than him. Let's not choose that he's incapable of it for right now. Mm-hmm. I'm incapable of it. What does that protect you from? If I'm incapable of it, then what? Oh, I don't have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just accepting, like, okay, I'm not really good at this. And I feel like conflict for me, it circles back to that as well. Yeah. I don't have to be vulnerable. Relationships will ultimately end. I don't have to get my hopes up that things might change. I can just accept that this is how it's going to be and eventually it will dwindle away. Yeah. I don't have to believe that relationships can change. I don't have to believe that this could be something that is hopeful for me. That's familiar. I think the part of you that was hopeful for a conversation with your mom or hopeful for that reconnection with her and then felt deeply disappointed by it, it probably had a pretty significant impact on you. You know, I think there's a lot of things that set the foundation and the framework for who you are, of course. Mm. Um, And I also think that this moment, you know, at 18 or whenever it was, also solidified something for you. Things don't change. 
this hope that maybe I carry, this desire, this fantasy that I maybe have in my side pocket, it's not real. It's not, it doesn't come to fruition, right? I hear that in this too. And does that strike something for you? Absolutely, yeah. You've thought about it that way before? I have thought about it that way. On terms of my mom and I guess thinking about how hopeful I was and maybe like really sitting with the disappointment of what it was, that didn't necessarily like strike me Uh until now. I feel like I've gotten so used to the disappointment that um, it's just there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you maybe have a little bit more to say. I've gotten so used to the disappointment. It's just there. What's that like? To live with so much disappointment just sprinkled around you. I definitely think it's just, it creates a lot of fear with the future too. Mm. It feels like I'm trying to kind of master the code of life. Yeah. While still not really believing that I can. Yes. Yeah. And I imagine plays a little bit into the cynicism too. Yeah. Yeah. It's always going to just be like this. Yeah. What do you think of it? Just saying it out loud here. Like, if that's the belief, why? Like, you want to do anything about that? I do. I think that's what is frustrating because I come back to it so often. It feels just very difficult to do something about it that feels like it sticks or that it can become like a consistent practice. Mm -hmm. If your partner were here, would he be surprised by any of this? Like, does he know all of this? Oh, absolutely. He knows. Okay. And (laughs) does he have any thoughts about it? I think he's just the opposite. So, like, he's Mm -hmm. more optimistic. He doesn't mind questions. It's more like, well, I have faith. Mm. He's also just a very, like, spiritual man. So, like, there's been times where it, it comes down to that, where it's like prayer. But I think that he just leads differently. Mm-hmm. There's a mist that happens there. The optimism is beautiful and, you know, maybe seeing a path forward, lovely, good qualities. And also there's a, a miss of you. Mm. Right? And you might be able to sit here and say, that's great. Like, I, I wish I had a little bit more of that even yeah. sometimes, right? But I'm still being missed We're different. We're different. I don't need to just be convinced to be more like that. I need to be acknowledged for where I am. Right. I need to be seen. I need this to be understood why I operate in the world this way. Right. And you know that that operation is a tricky one. And it's one that likely we would really want to shift and ultimately, you know, disrupt Mm. in some way. But right now, it is your way of being and operating in the world. It has protected you from some things, right? And I know you're frustrated by it. You're a little annoyed with it. (laughs) You're a little over it, but it's still here and it's still, you know, operating the show for you. And I, I wonder if, do you feel like you've ever been fully recognized and seen by him in understanding why you are this way, why you operate this way? Or do you feel like he rushes to why it should be the other way or like why we're going to get through this or why we can be hopeful? I think there were points where he did rush to the other side. Like there's this idea of me not feeling safe because of it. Mm -hmm. I don't think he has 
fully, fully been able to linger in it. And you'd like him to? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because what do you think would happen if he did? I definitely think there'd be more comfort. I think clarity for him as well. It's kind of hard to imagine, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think in many ways you've had to adapt to other people's way for a long time, right? Like with your dad, he didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to go there. He didn't want to answer your questions. So you had to go that way. With your mom, she shows up the way that she shows up. What you need is not what she can give you, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of you adapting to what other people want or are available to or are capable of. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think there's a part that really like holds her position in some ways right now. She's like, I don't want to constantly just be adapting to what everybody else needs from me or wants from me, even though I think that's a role that you probably have embodied and have done you know, well, yes. for a long time. People come to you, you deliver. Right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. And so I think there's this part that's like kind of, you think she's a little stubborn? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. She's like, she's put and she's not moving and she's unwilling to entertain that it could be different, even though there's a part of her that would like it to be different, mm-hmm. right? Even though there's a part of her that knows that if we keep it up this way, it's going to eventually terminate, right? But I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here because, well, I don't want to be vulnerable, maybe. Maybe that's a part of it. I want somebody to move to where I am. I want to feel seen and heard and understood and acknowledged in this space, yeah? Mm. What else? I think it's just like the frustration of just feeling like I need to adapt or to change kind of how I'd want life to play out almost. Yeah. In regards to my relationship and just... I feel like my generation, mm-hmm. the economy, like it's, I'm always constantly thinking about what I thought like this age would bring and wanting to have just more stability, being able to provide that, especially considering like starting a family. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel at a point also with my boyfriend where I feel like we're like in two different planes in that area and we have this desire and dream to go there and to build together, but it mm-hmm. feels very hard task to do together, thinking about the specifics. And so I feel like a part of me is almost adapting to that as well, to that to that questioning and confusion mm-hmm. as well. Like I'm adapting to the speed at which he wants to plan or... I feel like not necessarily the speed, but the slowness. <laughs> <laughs> the absence of speed. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. <laughs> Like, Uh definitely. Uh Uh-huh. He's a little slower than you are. Yes. He's just younger than me. Uh I've been in my career for about nine years now. He's Mm -hmm. kind of still leaning towards that. Mm -hmm. So when I think of all the P's and Q's, I'm like, oh, God, like, this isn't the way that I would normally Mm -hmm. treat life myself. Like, I probably, more type A response. Where did you think you would be? In your 30s, right? Because, you you know, I think, like you said, my generation, my, you know, here's what I thought it was going to be, more stability, you said. And now, okay, here's 
the world that we live in. And, you know, here's the reality of what it is. So what did you think would be different about this time? I think I thought that I'd be content with my career choice. Mm-hmm. I would have enough to be able to make like the next big choice in life, whether that's like buying a house mm-hmm. or starting a family. But a lot of those things feel just terrifying to me because it feels like I'm unprepared to tackle them on. And with my boyfriend, it also feels like he's unprepared. Unprepared how? Because I don't think you mean just financially. Emotionally. Yeah. I definitely like am terrified of how I um, approach my own emotions. And then I'm just like, how would I be a present parent? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I don't feel present with my emotions. Yeah. Like, I I feel like I acknowledge them, but that lingering, right, that I guess maybe needs to take place. I'm not someone to do that. It's kind of just like dealing. Yeah. Right. To like actually stay with them and get curious about them. What's it like to be emotional here with me? I know we've just met. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It does not feel terrible. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) To start. (laughs) I, I feel like... I'm allowing myself to just Mm -hmm. be, honestly. How come? I think because I am hoping to get some clarity around my story. And I think also it's never really been hard for me to share Mm -hmm. my feelings. Mm -hmm. Like I can easily share them or let someone see me. I just don't know if they like truly get it. Let's take one last break. We'll be right back. What do you think is the clarity that you actually already have about your story that you don't let yourself acknowledge? What do I actually know? What do I actually feel that's there, that does have clarity for me, that I don't always acknowledge? I feel like my own inner strength Mm -hmm. on terms of just navigating life, not really growing up in the ways that I felt like a lot of the kids were growing up around me. And just kind of like parenting myself a lot of times. I don't feel like I give like enough credit for like that journey and that process on terms of like my Mm. own inner strength. Okay. What's the credit you need to give to yourself? Uh, Like I survived. (laughs) Okay. Let's try it again though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're just going to let go of just the things that just try to distract us away from it, right? The laughter and the and all that, right? It's like, I survived. If you want to close your eyes, if that feels better, just to go inwards a little bit. We're going to linger with it, okay? Okay. Yeah. All right, so there's a clarity there for you. So when you want to just bring that forward again, I survived. And just say that out loud when it feels present for you. I survived. I survived what? 
I survived the constant changes of my life growing mm. up. The constant changes of my life were, I don't need the facts, the experience of it. Just like the not knowing sometimes and the disappointment. Okay, what I feel in my body right now is... Definitely just feel a lot of nerves. Yeah. Where are the nerves? Well, first my feet. Mm-hmm. And now probably my stomach. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so maybe just like move the toes around a little bit. Maybe bring a hand to your to your stomach and just kind of ground into that. And your feet are on the ground, but just feel the floor beneath you. Yeah. Hmm. As a kid, I was scared that... I definitely think I was afraid of not having a relationship with my mom for a long time. Yeah. If I didn't have a relationship with my mom, what that would mean is... I just feel like it would be such a loss. A loss of? It feels like a loss of understanding. Understanding what? Understanding what I lived through and like, because I didn't fully understand back then. I felt very confused how like a parent Hmm. could choose like absence or it felt like a choice over me yeah why didn't you choose me does that feel right yeah okay why didn't you choose me you have an image of six-year-old you you could see her Mm mm-hmm okay you want to tell me about her what do you see Mm, very playful a little mischievous at okay. times. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> and also just someone that did not want to take a risk. Okay. Not a risk taker. Mm-mm. Okay. All right, so we've got a good image of little you, six-year-old you. Yeah. And she is saying, why didn't you choose me? Can you see her say that? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's that bring up in you? I feel like just detachment, honestly. Yeah. I don't want to feel what's there. It's too much. When I picture it, it's hard for me to just to feel it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a, I don't want to, but it just feels like everything in me just like sucks up and just mm-hmm. like sees, just sees it. What if she says it instead of you? What if six-year-old you says it? And you move into that experience. You feel like you have some access to that? In a way, yes. Like I'm picturing six-year-old me asking me that. Mm. And I feel just like an observer. Okay. Be an observer. What does six-year-old you want to ask you? Let her ask you something. 
You're the adult in the room. I feel like maybe why does this matter so much? Six-year-old you is asking that? Maybe that's adult me. <laughs> okay. Why does what matter so much? Why does, like, knowing matter so much? Mm. Try to answer that. Why does knowing matter so much? Maybe it doesn't. What am I trying to know? I just feel like knowing more deeply will allow me to, like, not only empathize with the adults in my life, but be able to empathize with myself. Mm -hmm. But it feels like there's, like, a priority there. If I don't understand them first, I don't understand me. Mm -hmm. Okay, now answer from six-year-old you. Why does knowing matter? I think I'd feel, like, less scared and less hurt. Mm. Just feel that. Let, let that open. Breathe. Say it again. I'd be less scared and less hurt. Yeah. Keep breathing. Yeah, let it come. I'd be less scared and less hurt if you could just... It feels like I want to say, like, be a real parent. Yeah. Yeah. Say it again. Direct it. I'd be less scared and less hurt if you could just... Be a real parent. Yeah. And what that actually means to me, be a real parent, is... Be present. Mm -hmm. Be consistent. Yeah. What else? I think be loving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I needed your love. I needed your presence. I needed your consistency. Go ahead. Say it. I needed your love. I needed your presence. And I needed your consistency. Yeah. Without that, I... <laughs> It's like that sucked up feeling mm -hmm. again right now. What do I know to be true about that experience? Absence of love, absence of presence, absence of consistency. Speak the clarity. There was just a lot of confusion, a lot of fear, mainly those two. Yeah. What do you think the tightening up tries to protect you from? I think just having needs. Yeah. Good. I had needs. And I have needs. Right? I know it's hard to say. 
to admit. Because right? survival is like, no, I'm good. I got it. I got through it without having it. Or I got through it without having the needs met. So I can get through my life without having my needs met. Which would be true, you could get through life without having your needs met. But I think it'd be a lot of the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have needs right now. You say it? I have needs right now. Do you believe that? Yes, absolutely. I have needs right now. Yeah. But if I don't allow myself to have needs, then I'm going to just survive my way through life, the rest of it. What's coming up for you? Just, it feels very real. I feel like that's kind of the area that I feel safest in. Survival? Yeah. Yeah. Just like, if if you can't, then I'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, you're comfortable there. You're good at it. You got good at it. You had to get good at it. In some ways, right, it's a gift, but it's one of those tricky gifts. Mm. Right? You survived your way through it, but if you continue on that path, I think we know where it leads you. And so, yeah, I love that you were able to access that, like the tightness is blocking me from admitting, revealing that I have needs, mm. right? Right, without presence and consistency and love, I was afraid and confused. I am afraid and confused, right? And there's vulnerability there. There's vulnerability and fear and confusion, right? Survival walls up. I got this. I don't need anything. Whatever. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sound familiar? Yeah. So coming back to your partner, what do you think is important to reveal in that relationship if you don't want to survive it? It feels like being honest about fear and when that comes up for me, I feel like we both are. I think that brings more fear. <laughs> Talking uh -huh. about it, it's just like, all right, welcome. Stay yeah. for as long as you want. Stay for as long as you want. Yeah. Linger. Linger with us. Linger with me. I think you're okay at... Letting, like you will acknowledge fear or confusion. You're okay at that. But you don't inquire deeply about it. You don't linger with it. You don't get to know it as mm -hmm. intimately as I think you'd like. Yeah? Yeah. There's confusion around it. Yeah. It's like, uh, why are you here now? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's something about the, because you used that word before, lingering. I love it. And I know that's a, is a tricky one, right? Because we're like, but for how long? And will it stay forever? And, mm. you know, and, and we can get really uncertain about how to be in relationship with it. But I think that 
This is an invitation for you to let it stay longer than what you're used to. Even if that just means a few extra minutes right now. It doesn't have to be hours or days, Mm. right? But to just inquire further. You're okay saying, I have fear, but that doesn't mean anything to me. Or to you. I have fear. Okay. Mm. (laughs) And what would you like for lunch? I have fear and what? What about it? I don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And I don't understand it because I'm so used to just surviving. I don't need to understand it. What's the point? Why does knowing matter? What's the point? What do you think the point is? I hope it would be like that big, aha, <laughs> like finally I, I get it. When this comes up, yeah, I know how to like approach it. I know how to like walk through it and the relief that I know you mentioned in your book. I think it's more so like that yeah. where it's just like, all right, I felt it. I know it's here. I can acknowledge it. and I could still just be functional afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I imagine that there's probably some ahas, but even if there weren't ahas, to just be in the practice of connecting to your fear, getting to know it, being intimate with it, being able to touch it and spend time with it, to be present with it, Mm. to love it, to be consistent with it, with your fear, with your confusion. It wants your presence in the same way that little you wanted presence. It wants your love in the same way that little you wanted love. It wants your consistency that you will inquire each time. Not sometimes and other times not, but when there's something meaningful there for you to feel that you will consistently be with it and connect to it. When you go into conflict and you disconnect, you are also disconnecting from self, not just your partner, right? You are surviving through a hard moment, and I guess you come back together at some point, right? Somebody speaks, somebody had to ask a question about something, right? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you guys come back? Somebody just says something and you get on with it? I think that's how it goes. Yeah. Apologies and just um, moving on and yeah. I mean, I, I I know that there's work to do here, and it's not like we've you know solved some puzzle today. But when you think about your role in the conflict, what do you feel like you need to bring forward differently in the repair, in the like how you move on from it afterwards? Just like my own gentleness, remaining like loving versus hard. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing that I need to work on. Sometimes, even if I know I'm in the wrong, it's just very hard for me to admit it because I'm so frustrated with myself. Yeah. You know, of course, especially when we're in the wrong, 
especially when we know we did the thing or said the thing and we're like, oh man, I can't believe I did that. Or I know that that was hurtful. I know that was, you know, upsetting to this other person I care about, especially then it's hard. Mm -hmm. But I think it's in those moments that you need that from yourself the most, the gentleness, the kindness, the love, the presence, it all of the things that you have been craving, all of the things that you needed from the adults in your life to be able to offer that to yourself in those moments. I know it's not easy, but it, and it's not something that just changes overnight, but it is a practice that you can come back to over and over and over again and even let your partner in on what it is that you're working on, right? what it is that you're trying to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I thank you for being here and taking a chance on this conversation. And such an honor to be in conversation with you and to hear a little bit of your story. So thanks for being here. Thank you. Likewise. To acknowledge that we have needs means that we have to bring our vulnerability forward. And it also means that we don't just survive life. We interact with it. Carol's been surviving life for decades. She knows how to do that. She's been successful at it. But if she continues to survive life, she won't have the relationships that she desires and really wants for herself. Gosh, so many of us are stuck in survival, right? It's the only way we know how to operate. And really, any disruption to it can feel scary and like the unknown. Survival can protect us from so much. And for Carol, it protected her from being vulnerable. It protected her from getting her hopes up and from believing that things could be different and ultimately just being disappointed yet again. And so I ask you, what does continuing to survive protect you from? And might you reflect on this and see where it leads you? I hope what you heard today was helpful. If you like the show, tell your friends and loved ones to listen. It would also mean so much to me if you could rate and review This Keeps Happening on Apple Podcasts. This Keeps Happening is hosted by me, Vienna Farron. This episode was produced by Anita Flores. Our engineers are Jared O'Connell and Brendan Burns. Our theme music is by Casey Holford. Our managing producer is Tamika Weatherspoon. Our executive producers are Josephine Martirana from Stitcher Studios, Keith O'Connell, and Will Rogers from Soundbite Entertainment. Stitcher.